Okay, we are going to read from Matthew 28. I don't really know if you want a title, I don't really know what you'd call this, but we'll just call it Influencers. Can we say that, Influencers? Is it a word, that? Those with influence. Um, Matthew 28. And verse 18. And you're all familiar with these words, but we're going to look at it afresh and anew. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. It's nice, isn't it? Where's all the authority? And who's it with? It's with Jesus, isn't it? Beautiful. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. It's pretty neat if you think about it. I mean, just reading those verses gives me great peace. Huh? What fantastic verses. If that's all we had, it'd be enough. No, really, if that's all we had, that'd be enough. It's fantastic. So let's just look at it. I'm going to take it apart a little bit. So all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, so that doesn't leave much else, does it, really? There's nowhere else. This is... Jesus speaking. And because of that, and in light of that fact, therefore, go. Because I've got all the authority everywhere, because you know me, not me, I'm talking as though it's Jesus. This is what Jesus, I'm paraphrasing it. Because you all know me, and I've got all authority everywhere, the Father has given me all authority, therefore, go. Go. And, what does he say? Make disciples. Disciples are made. He says, go and make disciples. Of whom? Well, of course, individual men and women, boys and girls. But actually, it's, it's bigger than that. And this excited me. Because I, I honestly think, and I feel it even as I'm like talking here. I honestly think we have got the privilege and the honour to make disciples of nations. We are making disciples of nations. And I had a beautiful... The, the day that I got this and I was thinking about it, I had this beautiful uh, message from Cynthia in Paraguay. And it just excited me so much. Because she said that the message that was coming forth, where they were anyway, was changing slightly. And, and it seemed that people were getting consumed with this idea of becoming a disciple of Jesus, which was like another step up. And I could hear the excitement in her voice, and I thought, ooh, we are part of that. We are part of discipling nations 
all nations. What is our inheritance? I mean, if you ask me what inheritance I want, I want inheritance in the nations. I don't care much about anything else but nations. You know, that, that's how big our vision's got to get, isn't it? It's got to get big. You gotta, you know, you gotta push the boundaries. I know you might see a nice house and a nice car and everything going well, and you've got your little dream. It's bigger. Come on, it's bigger. It's much bigger than that. Our inheritance is the nations, all of the nations. Don't you want to be part of that? Are you part of it? Come on, let me hear it again. Are you part of it? I'm sorry, I can feel it in me. I like feel it inside me when I'm preaching it. It's like, it's like if you could see inside me now, everything inside me is like going like this. No, really. I'm just containing myself. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do it orderly and in a good way, containing myself. So, of all nations, the goal of discipleship is huge. All nations. And then he said, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What does that really mean, baptizing them? Well, it doesn't just mean immersing them. It means, it means more than that. It means initiating them, immersing them, enthusing them, empowering them. It means just, just enveloping people in the love of God. Just completely immersing them in the love and the fire and the goodness of God. That's really what it means. Because that's what happens when you get baptized, isn't it? You go, you go under the water and you're completely surrounded by water you've been born again in the waters of baptism beautiful I mean that's what we've got to do we've got to baptize nations in Jesus in his love in his power in his authority you see the thing about Jesus is when we think about these things we think about like Religious, we have a religious connotation for nearly everything. But, but when Jesus is saying it, he's not, he's not just going, you know, just dip them. He's, it's not about that. It's not like, well, just dip them in some water and they'll be fine. It's not about that. It's like, no, what we're doing is we're immersing them in the love and the power and the fire of God. That's what we're doing. But you can only do that if you've got it. You can only do that if it's in you. Do you understand me? You can't, you can't do it any other way. But actually to be immersed, fully immersed in the love of God. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Huh? I'm so excited about it. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And you've, you've just got to say this. What, what is it he really commanded us? It was this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your body, and everything that is in you. That is the first commandment. The second commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. And in those two commandments, all things in God are summed up. Everything. The law and the commandments, everything else is summed up in those two things. So go and teach them that. Go and teach them that. How would you teach them that if you haven't got it? You understand me? You've got, you've got to have it. You've, you've got to catch it. You've got to get this inside so that when you teach them, you're alive. You're bubbling. Enthusiasm pours out of you. Isn't it beautiful? Oh, I'm excited. 
I am, honestly. If the trouble is, the trouble is for me, I always feel like I'm on the edge of something. I'm on the edge of something new all the time. Every time I get some new place, I feel like there's another new place. There's, an, there's another something else to walk through, some other challenge to get up and overcome, something more to do. I feel like that all the time. I can't barely sleep sometimes because I'm thinking about these things all the time. Teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. I, I love this. How, how do we know? Because, of course, it's all about love. Love. Love God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind. Love. So that's love. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. So it's all about love, is it not? How do we know love? Well, according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, it says this. By this we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. How do we know love? By this we know love. How? By this. How do we know love? How do we know love? By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. That's how we know love. He laid down his life from the moment that he began to live. He was giving his life up to everyone. He was sacrificially giving his life to everyone everywhere that he went. How do you know love? Because you're looking at Jesus. Jesus is love. You want to know who God is? Look at Jesus. Jesus is the express image of who the Father is. How do we know love? We look at Jesus. What was Jesus like? Jesus gave, 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 kept on giving his life everywhere. The life and love of God to other people. That's how we know love. And what does it say? And we ought to lay down our lives for one another. So this same love that Jesus expressed and showed, this is the kind of love that is kingdom love. This love is what we've got to go and teach people. There, there isn't anything else. This is it. We've got to go and teach people this love. But it's no good teaching it if you aren't practicing it. So it means we've got to practice it. We've got to be the same as. And you go, how is that possible to be the same as? Yeah, of course it is. Because he lives in you. The Holy Spirit's in you. The love of God is in your heart. God has poured out his love inside your heart. Romans 5 and verse 5. That's what it says. The love of God is poured out in your heart. Where is the love of God? Where is the love of God? Poured out into your hearts. In your heart. Say that. In my heart. The love of God is poured out. Yeah. Beautiful, bro. Beautiful. Huh? Beautiful. The kingdom of God is like this. Full of love. Full of this kind of love. I always think about this, and I, I, I don't know when the Lord showed me this, but I saw it really, really clearly, and that was that one, one day I felt like the Lord said to me, Heaven, heaven really doesn't, know, know, doesn't need to know the love of God because it's full of the love of God. It was the earth that needed to know the love of God. So God took a stake. And he rammed it into the earth's crust. And it was in the form of a cross. He rammed it into the earth's crust. And when he did that, he tore through every dark demonic power, every principality, everything that kingdoms had been roaring for thousands of years, everything that the earth had shook its head, its fist at, at, at 
at the Father and gone, we don't want you. God just went, well, hey, you're going to get the message. (laughs) And the whole earth shook. Hell shook. Everything shook. Because God's love came from heaven to earth. And that was the life that Jesus lived the whole time. Do you understand me? The cross is symbolic of a life that is being given continually. That's what the cross is symbolic of. That's what it means in our lives. Giving our lives. And no principality, no power, no darkness, no devil, no satanic force, nothing is stronger than that right there. Nothing. Nothing. You can pray the prayers, you can scream, you can declare, you can do all those things and you should do them all. But in the end, when you live like this, the enemy has no right. He has no right. Huh? When you live like this, you can dance. Because when you're living like this, you're full of the life of God. Do you understand me? Because in death is life. So when you live like this, life gets a hold of you. And even though you're living like this, you're living like this. Woo! You're living like this. You're dancing on the enemy. That's the message of Christianity. That's the difference. Do you understand me? That's the difference. There's no other message like this anywhere in the world. This is your message. This is a fantastic message. This message, it beats everything. It it overcomes every challenge, everything. This message that you carry is the best message in the world. There is no other message like this message. It's beautiful. And the devil hates it. Because he knows he's already lost. Listen to this. This is nice. Luke 17. Can you put this up? It might be a different version because I've used a different version on a couple of these. But it says, um, let me just have a drink. Last week I forgot to drink. Well, I I kept going like this and then I forgot to drink. Someone told me you kept going like this, Paul. (laughs) But But you never actually managed to drink. So I've got a drink, all right. (laughs) Oops. Sorry. Okay, so it says, Luke 17, verse 20 to 21. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observations, nor will they say, See here or see there. For the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. It's beautiful, isn't it? The domain and and rule of Jesus is primarily spiritual. It operates in, in realms that are invisible to the human eye. You understand what I'm saying? His his kingdom, his his power, his, his authority operates in realms that are invisible to your human eye. But nonetheless, they're working. Right now, they're working. Right now, there is power and authority. You may not be able to see it, but it's operating in a realm that's invisible to your natural eye. It's not limited by time, not limited by space. It's not dependent on being physically connected with one another. It's here all the time. The authority that has been given is here. The kingdom of God then has no limits, no boundaries. No limits. You remember the song? 
no boundaries. Huh? He has no limits and no boundaries. Authority has been given to Jesus, the ruler of the kingdom, and he rules everywhere, all the time. Listen to me, everywhere, all the time. Why are you so worried? Why is everyone so worried? Why are we constantly concerned about everything that's going on? Why? Do we not understand that Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth? And lo, I am with you always. Always, not just some days, but always I'm with you. I'm going to be here all the time. No matter what comes, my kingdom is full of authority and power everywhere. I'm, I'm just paraphrasing what Jesus said. He's the boss. Huh? Isn't it beautiful? He said it. You got a problem with it, just take it to him. Listen to this. And this, and this is what, this is another little parable I came across. And I, I love this parable. This is what he says. Luke 13, verse 20 to 21. And again he said, To what shall I compare or liken the kingdom of God? Or the kingdom of heaven? It is like leaven or yeast, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal. So that's mixed into about 70 pounds of flour. So here are all the ingredients. Here's, here's the dough. But this woman took some leaven... And she hid it in the, in, 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 in the ingredients. Until it worked all through the door. So, so you understand the picture that Jesus is giving. They're saying, what is the kingdom of God like? What's the kingdom of heaven like? How, how is it on this earth? What, what, how, how do we see it? What's, what's going on? And he said, well, it's like a woman that took, hid... Yeast inside what looked like, and if you think about this, if you think that bread without yeast is just, I used to bake bread, obviously, so I know. If you don't put yeast in bread, it's just heavy, immovable, going nowhere, it is just flat. There's nothing in it. But you put yeast in it. Something begins to happen. Something begins to happen. The spirit of the yeast, the, the breath of the yeast, begins to do something with this lump of unmovable death. So Jesus is going, the kingdom of God is like yeast that's put in bread and it's invisible. But actually, something starts happening with the bread. Something starts happening from the moment that it starts getting into those ingredients, but you don't see it straight away. But the process of proving, they call it proving, the proving of the bread, and then putting it in the oven, by the time that it comes out, whoo, it's delicious. Now, maybe we're like that yeast, do you think? Maybe we're like that yeast. Maybe we are like yeast that is hidden in the bread, in the ingredients. 
And maybe the breath of who we are begins to influence everywhere. But you see, the problem is, if, if you're all taken up by the world, by what the world's saying, you know, it's a little bit like, let's just think about Moses just for a moment. A little bit like Moses. Now, before Moses ever got there, Joseph had been there before him. But for 400 years, the people of Israel were captive. They were captive. And they were looking around at the world and they're going, this is not getting any better. It's getting worse. There's a king who hates us. There's a king who oppresses us. There's a king who keeps us down. In fact, he is killing, murdering the most precious assets that we have, which is our children. He's doing all this. You see, if your eyes start looking at that, you miss what God's going on. What's going on? Because in all of that, something was happening. You understand me? But no, we read the papers. No, we, we, we look on social media. No, we're taken up with all this stuff. And instead of being full of faith, we begin to be full of fear. Because we've got our eyes in the wrong place. We forgot what the master said. The master of all the universe, who said, All authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. And I am with you always. And you are going to be like yeast in this big, unmovable, fat slab of of nothingness, you are going to be life. You are going to be life. And everywhere you go, the spirit, the breath of your life is going to influence everyone around you. Huh? It's beautiful, isn't it? We'll get back to Moses in a minute. I'm trying to keep him. So, anyway. If you... Let me, I better just go back here to make sure. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So, this word, Jesus, when Jesus was on earth, this is what he said. He said, uh, he's talking, and one day he said, and the church, the church will have all power and authority. And when he said that word church, it was ecclesia. You see, the problem for us, though, is this, that when we think of ecclesia, we think of the church in the ramifications of what the church has been. Do you understand me? And that's been a group of individuals, sometimes, sometimes people who just sit and sing songs and pray prayers and have nice fellowship, none of which is wrong. Please understand what I'm saying. All those things are needed. We have to gather together. We have to come together to praise Jesus. We have to come together for fellowship. We have to come together to, to encourage one another and share with one another. And we must carry on doing that. But listen, church is more than that. Because when Jesus used this word, Jesus was using a word that is the called out ones. Ecclesia is the called out ones. It's the called out ones. And he wasn't thinking about a religious meeting when he said this word. He was thinking about the Romans, and actually an ecclesia in the Roman world was a group of people who were incredibly influential, who were changing what was going on in the city. And they were trying to bring Rome in every city they were. That was the ecclesia. It had no religious connotations. But when you think about it, you think this means a group of people who sit in a place, sing songs, pray prayers. No, no, listen to me. Jesus was not saying that. 
Jesus was saying, this is a group of people who come together in my name, who begin to harmonize and understand that they must come together to sing songs and praise and praise and to pray prayers and to, to encourage one another. Yes, he knew that. That's the back of his mind all the time. He knew that. But at the same time, he's going, but it's much more than that. This is a group of people who come together, who understand that they carry authority, they carry love, they carry everything of my kingdom, and they are bringing the kingdom of God on the earth. They are delivering the kingdom of God into the earth. And this is a, a, a people who know that they are yeast in the door, who know that they are going to make a difference, who are going to be influential everywhere that they go and every place that they are. Huh? That is what the called out ones are. You see, and I believe this, and I'll, I'll tell you, this is going to happen everywhere. It's going to happen everywhere. Whatever you thought the church looked like, it's going to begin to be overcome by a deep love and compassion because we've lost that somewhere. But a deep compassion, a deep love, a deep desire to give their lives and to become influencers everywhere that they are. And it's already, I want to tell you this, I'm not even worried about it because I know it's already inside those people who recognize that. It's already there. It's a little bit like Moses. He was born and he was set out on his adventure. That's what he said. Set out in his little boat, going down the river going, where am I going, where am I going? Mom, Dad, what's going on? Huh? He's in his little boat on the river. Huh? Mum and Dad are weeping. What's going on? Why do we have to do this? But he's on his little adventure. And it said that the, the, the daughter of Pharaoh picked him, picked him up out of the bulrushes. And she took him and he became her son. You see, this is what we've got to get as well. Do you understand that Moses needed to go to Egypt? Listen to me. Moses needed to go to Egypt. Moses needed to live in Pharaoh's house. Moses needed to be educated. Moses needed these things that he saw and perhaps did. <gasps> oh, he did something. <laughs> Listen to me. None of it is lost on God. Everything can be learning. You can learn from everything, no matter what it looked like, no matter what it felt like, no matter how much you were abused or misused or people spat at you. Everything can be used by God because he redeems everything. But you've got to want to learn from it. You've got to want it. And then when you see it and you go, you know what, all my education, every place I've ever been, God has been training me, you see, it was inside him. He was learning all. He knew all. It says the, the deeds. He, he knew the deeds and he knew all the things of Egypt. Huh? You remember that? And, and, and maybe he enjoyed it. Maybe he enjoyed some of it. Maybe he didn't always get it right. I don't know what happened with him, Moses, during those 40 years. 40 years he spent in Egypt. But something was going on. It was nearly like the yeast was working on the inside of him. It was nearly like the, the life of God on the inside of him began to call to him, began to scream to him. It's nearly like it's going to do to you. 
It's going to begin to call to you and scream to you, and you're going to go, what is this? Why did I come to this place? Why, Lord? Why is it so bad? Why, when I look around, do I get terrified about what's going on? Why, when I look around, don't I like it? You understand me? He was living in Egypt. And then it was like it was all going on around him. Everything that was not nice was going on around him. But one day, that DNA of God inside him broke through. Just broke through. And he saw what he'd been seeing for a long time, but he saw it this time with different eyes. And now he had to do something. Now he had to do something because that, that's, you understand me, that's what happens inside everybody. They go, I've been, I've been to college, I've been to, I've, I've, been to, I've been to university, I've done this, I've done that. Or I've, I've been working in a shop and I've met these people and I've done this. But where's my life going? Somewhere inside the yeast, the DNA of God begins to burst through. And you begin to come at that place. And you, some people call it a crisis, but it's not a crisis. It's the best moment of your life because you realise that God is in you. And God will not let you go. You understand me? He won't let you go. And it's annoying sometimes because you'd like to let him go, but he won't let you go. No, wouldn't you? And so, some things really annoy you. And you don't like it when it's said and things that are said. You do, I don't agree. But inside you're going, something's going on. What is this that's going on? And God brings all these streams of learning, all these things that are going on, he brings them all together. But not only was he doing that in Moses, he was doing that in Egypt. Do you understand me? The promise was coming to a fulfillment. You see, the people of God couldn't go where they needed to go without that they'd gathered some possessions. Do you understand me? They, they couldn't go anywhere without having some possessions. And the word that God gave to Abraham long, long before the people ever went to Egypt was that there will be a period of captivity, but during that cop captivity, the people will grow and much will come to you. Much will come to you. Many possessions will come to you. It's in Genesis 15, I believe, somewhere around there. But you can read it. He says, much Abraham. So he's prophesying to Abraham and telling Abraham what's going to happen to Israel in Egypt. And he said, the people are going to multiply and many possessions are going to come. But just when it's the right time, I will gather you all together. And you will be delivered from bondage. You see, God was working all the time. The people were going, why is this going on, Lord? Deliver us. Deliver us. You remember the songs? Deliver us from the prince of Egypt. Deliver us, Lord. Deliver us. God's going, it's all underhand. Everything is in my hand. I know exactly what I'm doing. But I need some people who are going to work with me. I need some people who are going to recognise what's going on as they look around. And you've got to begin to recognise what is going on when you are looking around. Because there's not, thing, there's not only things going on out there, but there's things going on in here. There's things going on in the inside of you. And God is beginning to break through in a new way. And this is very exciting. And you can't stop it. That's scary. You can't stop it. It's going to happen. I'm telling you now, it's going to happen. We are going to see people raised up 
who just cannot stop themselves from doing what is on the inside of them. And it's already happened. It's, it's already taking place. This is the future now. It's already happening. But you, you are going to be an influencer. Listen to this. Don't lose heart. At the time of Moses, let me just recap. Certain things were working together. The undeniable movements of God's invisible kingdom were working. Undeniable. The promise was drawing closer. So this is the big picture. The promise was drawing closer. The possessions that they'd accumulated, because if you're going to start a nation, you've got to have possessions. Do you understand this? God knew that. God knows these things. Possessions were growing. The people were multiplying. The Portus, who was the Egyptian king, was dealing in treachery and oppression. And people were screaming. They were screaming. And the most precious assets, which were the children, were being murdered. They were all screaming. And yet, in the door, something was happening. God was moving. Huh? Not only the door of the world, but in the door inside us, something's happening because we're going towards something. Moses saw, experienced, did, learned, got wrong, got right. He lived in Egypt. Do you understand me? No, do you understand me what that actually meant? He lived in Egypt. He was the second most powerful man in Egypt. Do you understand what that means? Or do I have to actually tell you what that means? Has anyone seen any of these series that go on TV? Uh, I'm, I'm watching one presently which is called Billions. Which, if, you, if you've seen it, it's, it's incredible. Incredible series. But this, you understand me? Living in the world has lots of things to contend with. But we've got to begin, oh, thank you. Is it one of those new fluffy ones? Oh, thank you. He got me some new fluffy ones. He's good, isn't he? Huh? Oh, I didn't even know I was sweating, sorry. Thanks. He's seeing everything. He's part of everything. It doesn't mean to say that he did everything that he's part of, but he's part of it. His eyes are seeing. His ears are hearing. He's part of what is going on. He's 40 years old. But he needed the education. He needed to know what was going on. He needed these things, and God put him there because he knew that he needed those things. So stop moaning and groaning about where you're at. Stop it. Just stop it. If God is your great shepherd and he is inside you, then unless you're being disobedient, you're in just the right place. Say amen. amen. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. Unless you're being disobedient, you are in the right place. And if you're being disobedient, you need to get out. But otherwise, learn what you've got to learn. Become the person that you were meant to be becoming in that place. 
He needed the education, he needed the lessons, he needed to know what he'd seen and heard. And when he was 40 years old, it says when, in another place, it says when he came of age. When he came of age? What? I thought he came of age when he was like 12. It appears that Moses came of age when he was 40. And something inside him went, you know what? Now I see it. Now I perceive it. Now I know why I'm here. That's what happened. Something triggered inside himself. Broke through all the other stuff. And this, and, and this, was, a, this was the thing for... Because then you go, that's it. Moses is there. The man of God is there. He's online. He's ready to do it. And of course, inside... And this is what they said of him. They said he's a ruler. He's a ruler and he's a prince. He's a ruler and he's a judge. Hang on, so people outside recognise that inside that's what he was. He was it all the time. A ruler and a judge. A prince. And they questioned it. They went, who made you ruler and judge? Who made you ruler and prince? And the truth of it was, it wasn't. It wasn't Egypt that made him that. It was God that had already determined that about him. You see, because if you know the truth about yourself, you are an ambassador. You've just got to start walking like one. You've got to start talking like one. You've got to start acting like one. Do you understand me? It's time that we all grew up and went, you know what? I am a son of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am an ambassador. Whenever I go anywhere, I I am that. I'm not going to be it. I am already it. And I live it now. That's what we've got to do. It's what you've got to do. Listen to me. Stop crying in your porridge. If you have porridge, stop crying in it. Stop moaning. Stop groaning. Recognize where you are. You look around the world. It's just like it was in Egypt. You look around in a world and you go, what in all the world's going on? But inside, there is yeast that is working. Inside you, something's going on. You are doing the things that you are doing now because God is doing it inside you. He's brought you to this place. You've just got to recognise that this is not the end. This is just the beginning. I am with you always. All authority, all power has been given to me. There's nowhere, Paul, that you cannot go and walk in my name. Nowhere. Because I've given you it. Okay, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I was just a lowly butcher and a baker. But now I'm an ambassador for the king of all kings. Huh? And when you start, you see, the thing is, the thing for Moses was that he thought that he could act in the kingdom of the world in the way that the world acts. But God went, no, no, Moses, what's in your heart is right. You have justice in your heart, you see, because in his heart was justice and righteousness. That's the thing that was buzzing him on the inside. He was going, I want to see justice. I want to see fairness. I want to see it. And then it went, bang. Wrong. That wasn't the way to administer the justice and the fairness and the righteousness of God. You understand me? It was in his heart to do it. He had it there. It was deep down there. But what was going on? It was bursting through. But as it burst through, it picked up all his untrained emotions. It picked up all his angry character. 
It picked up all his resentment and all his bitterness inside. It was always the righteousness and justice of God. But as it came through him, it picked up all these things from him and then went bang. Ooh, you're dead. That's why I'm... Moses had to learn that the kingdom of God is administered in the kingdom of God way. You see, the kingdom of God is the king's domain. You understand that? When we talk about the kingdom of God on earth, we're talking about the king's domain on earth. God does not go around beating people up. God does not go around murdering people or getting rid of them or speaking nasty to them or getting angry with them or giving them a mouthful of resent. God does not work on the earth in that way. And it took Moses twice as long as it took him to get to, to where he was going. You understand me? He was 120. It took him 80 years to learn that the kingdom of God is administered on the earth in a kingdom, in a kingdom way. That's how long it took him to learn it. That was his issue. Now listen, you might have all the gifts, you might have all the talent, you might have all the ability, but God's going, I want to see my presence, my character. I want you to carry my character. I want you to carry my love. Stop making excuses for yourself because I live in you. Stop it. Stop making excuses. Stop telling me that you cannot do it. Because every time that you tell me you cannot do it, you undermine the very thing that I've done for you, which is give you my life. Do you understand that? Every time that you say you cannot, every time you put up an argument and an excuse and a justification for being the way that you are, you actually give God the third finger. So stop it. And begin to go... I am the one who he's called me to be. I am the one that he's called me to be. I am a son. I am a child. I am an ambassador. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can do it. If God's given me a promise, it is drawing near right now. Huh? Look at me. This is what me and Steve did the other day. We went looking at plans. I put it there. Do you know why I put it there? I put it there. So all the force of everything in me goes towards it. And I'm looking and I'm going, you are going to come into line. I am going to get what God said I am going to get. Do you understand me? I actually preach to it. I actually want to see it manifested because I believe that the life of God lives in me. This is not games. This is not Sunday school anymore. This is not the church that you once thought it was. This is a place where God is transforming you to make a difference everywhere. And you've begun, but you must see it. You must understand what God is doing, not only out there, but also in you and in here. Otherwise, you'll get offended and you'll put your thumb in your mouth. No, I don't. Stop it. Stop it. Learn what you've got to learn. Learn it because God wants those promises to come true in your life. But he can't do it with a whole lot of children who were upset, offended, 
and getting distressed about everything. He can't do it with them. He's finding, he's looking, he's searching for people that go, Jesus lives on the inside of me and I believe it. And I'm not waiting for the wind because there's plenty of people who've got lots of wind. I'm not waiting for the wind. I'm not waiting to see the fire. I don't need to feel the wobbles. I don't need the emotional woohoo. I don't need it, no. Because whether it's there or not, Jesus is with me always. He's in me and he's in you. You understand me? Our theology needs to go up a notch because somewhere it left us living in feelings and experience. But that's not what faith is about. Faith is about going, I am this son of God that he's made me. I'm not the son of God, but I am this son of God whom he has made me. And I am going to be a prince and a ruler and I'm going to do some things that is going to change the earth. Are you in? I want to tell you, no, no I mean it. I, I, I mean it. I, there's this cry on the inside of me that's going, Jesus, I only, only want to be with people who are going to be influencing because I've spent 34 years looking after people, some who never wanted to change. They never wanted to change. They never wanted to learn. They just wanted to go to church and have a nice time. And by doing so, they felt they were pleasing God. That's religion. This is not what we are about. My Lord, Jesus, the greatest influencer of all time. And that is what you were going to be, amen? So come on, stand up with me and let's, let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you, Jesus, that all authority is given in heaven and on earth, Lord. And Father, that means that in every place that my brothers and sisters go, authority is already there. It's in the air. Yes. It's there and it's in the air already, Father. Yeah. And I want to thank you, Jesus, that it's not only there in the air, but Father, it's on the inside of us as well. Because you said that you live on the inside of us, Lord. You said that you live in us, Lord. That you have changed us. That you gave us a new heart and a new spirit. And Father, we want to thank you for that right now. We want to say thank you, Jesus, for that which you have already made us, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, children of God, sons and daughters of the living God. Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of us, who is bursting through more and more, Father. And I want to thank you, Jesus, that for everyone in this house, Lord, they are not here by coincidence, Father, because you know what you're doing and you know where you put us, Lord. You know where you wanted us. And Lord, you know that you needed to provoke us. And sometimes you need to upset us, Lord, because something's working on the inside. And Father, we say to that which is working on the inside, rise up, rise up, break through. Father, let it break through. Let this life of God break through us, Lord, and begin to ignite us, and not only us, Lord, but all the people that are in our spheres. Lord, and there's many people, I look, I look out now, Father, and I see there are people here that are influencing many, many different spheres. And Lord, I want to thank you that you have put them there for that very reason, Lord. Life is good, Father, and we speak goodness of life, Lord. Everywhere, Father, we say, Lord, that this house will influence and disciple nations, Father. That is our inheritance, Lord. I want to thank you that together, Lord, we are going to have great joy as we see nations being discipled, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for all that my brothers and sisters carry, Lord. All that you have put inside, Lord. And I bless them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you 
are with us forever. Not one millisecond when you are not with us, Lord. You are with us. Thank you, Father. And Lord, we just say that in those places where the enemy has risen up strongly, Father, where people of the poor strongly, Father, Lord, we ask that the kingdom that is here on the earth and the kingdom that is coming forth from us, Father, would begin to break down those strongholds, Father. Begin to break them down, Father. In Jesus' name, Lord, as we love and as we give ourselves, Father, to one another. You do it, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. And we thank you so much, Father. Amen? Amen. Look at someone and say, I am an ambassador. I am an ambassador. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Thank you.